Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Sour's phone bonus keyword is score. Text SCORE to 70123 before 15 minutes past the top of the hour and go get your thousand bucks. Sponsored by Jerry Ohm Dodge, the number one dealer in the country. In case you missed it earlier, Charlie Watts, drummer for the Rolling Stones, lost his battle. With life today. It's going to happen to all of us. Today it happened to Charlie Watts. Stick around for the Soul Brother Kevin Show. I'm sure a cat named Mo will eulogize Mr. Watts at length. Always like listening to Kevin and Mo and JR and Diz. Sometimes Spike on my way home. And uh, real quick, if you're a fan of uh, 80s stuff like I am, Francis Ford Coppola just announced that he would be releasing a new extended version of The Outsiders that pulls more from the original source material, which I don't know why you waited this long, but there's a 4K extended cut of a film that... Do you know who was in The Outsiders, John, the cast? Uh, Did it have uh, Danny from... uh... No, I don't. Check this out. I'll start with what you won't know so much. Uh, C. Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio, Matt Dillon, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe. What a cast. Did it have the, uh, I'm drawing a mental blank. Did it have yeah. uh, the Karate Kid in it? Yeah, Ralph Macchio. Okay, okay. Oh, Danny. Oh, Danny LaRusso. Yeah, Danny LaRusso. Yeah, yeah, he was in that. Okay. Yeah, you, you got to do it for Johnny. Yeah, I think you told me that. Do it for Johnny. You gotta, yeah, do it for Johnny. Come on, pony boy. You got to do it for Johnny. Do it for Johnny. It's the best line of that film. Spike Lee has a new project. NYC Epicenters 9-11 to 20... This is difficult. 9-11 to 2021 and a half. I have a, uh, a trailer for it that I'd like to play right now. Spike is making some headlines, not for this release... Uh, but because of his 9-11 conspiracy theory acknowledgement. This is New York City, the greatest city in the world, but it is still a soft target, target for the virus, target for Al-Qaeda. What the, What are you going to do? This is Buster Rhymes. John Stewart. New York City paramedic. Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. Rosie Perez. Flight attendant. Dave Buscemi. I am an inventor on the COVID-19 vaccine. What hospital were you born in? Brooklyn Hospital. Ah! On the morning of September 11th, the whole world changed. I don't think America was prepared for something like this to happen in our country. When I was on the pile, when I was part of that effort, you really felt the love of humanity. That's Steve Buscemi, who was a yeah. New York City firefighter. Yeah. Right there. It was, it just lifted you. 
We were driven together. What COVID did was drive us apart. Is it okay or not okay to put out this heartfelt tribute to New York while at the same time giving credence to the fact that you think that the building was brought down with explosives? That seems insulting to me. Like, you you could choose one or the other. Yeah, but do you? I mean, can I mean, just be... I mean, I don't think questioning things is ever wrong. I mean, and now it's 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 it, it, that's always the message. If you question something, you're disrespecting the victims, right? Or but but who are we who are we questioning? I'm not questioning that people died in that building, right? I'm questioning most likely and most certainly our government. Who, if if you have all the trust in the world for them, you know, the, yeah. I feel differently. So I think you can still give a tribute to the city while being open about things not completely making sense that you know that went down on that day. The Do the Right Thing director, they listed that because that's his greatest film, has admitted that he doesn't buy into official explanations of the terrorist attacks when he was speaking with the New York Times on Monday. He said, quote, I got questions, and I hope that maybe the legacy of this documentary is that Congress holds a hearing, a congressional hearing, about 9-11. The incendiary remarks started when Times reporter Reggie Ugwu called Spike out for featuring several members of the conspiracy group Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth in his series as its members have infamously suggested that the government officials were somehow involved in the World Trade Center. And Spike said, quote, the amount of heat that it takes to make steel melt that temperature is not reached. And then the juxtaposition of the way Building 7 fell to the ground, when you put it next to other building collapses that were demolitions, it's like you're looking at the same thing. Okay. Or not okay. 727-579-1025 and 800-771-1025. I think it's great to question things. Yeah, the thing that, you know... I remember watching that as a child and even as a child, what I was witnessing didn't seem like it made sense. Only from the images of the buildings coming down. Now, I am not an architect and I don't know how buildings fall down when they've been hit by a plane. But I just remember watching that with unknowing eyes thinking it looked like demolished buildings. Whether or not that happened, we'll probably never know. But the thing is, I've, as I've gotten older that interested me more is, is the plane that hit the Pentagon. Because when you hear people talk about what would have happened for that plane to hit right there and the fact that there's no footage, that's the one element that is uh, the yeah. oddest to me when, when asking questions. 727-579-1025 and 800-771-1025. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. Love the show. Thanks, Thanks. for taking my call. Thank you, buddy. <clears throat> I, know we're, I know we're backing up a little bit, but we're you know, still on the subject of the 18-year-olds and guns. Yeah. I, too, you know, have an 18-year-old daughter who's in her second week of college oh, and congrats. own guns myself. Thanks. Thanks. I'm very proud. Honors AP student. Hell yeah. Um, I can't see her, and I didn't, unlike you, Drew, um, introduce her to the range and, yeah. you know, enjoying going with me and my brother shooting and the fun that we have, but I don't see her as responsible enough in that way, yeah. you know, so many other things. Sure. Right. But it, and I'm sure you maybe get to a certain age and maybe every person does to say, Oh geez, if, 
this next generation is our future, then we're in big trouble. And <laughs> our grandparents said that about us and their grandparents said it about them. But I, I agree with the 21-year-old thing on drinking, I think on guns. I feel like maybe voting, too. These kids today, you know, I hate to say it. I hate to be that old codger, but I just think they're uh, they're not ready for a lot of the responsibility that life has to bring it. But let me ask you this. Not that, I, did, not that I disagree with what you're Please. saying, but... Were were we ready at eighteen? Like, uh, like I I don't feel like I was ready at eighteen. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I don't. I agree. But my brother was, and so I'm sure there's tons of one offs. And you know, so you know, some people just mature differently and quicker. Generally, men less than women. I I think you can, you know both of us can agree on that. Um, sure. But I don't know. I don't. You know. I gotcha. think why why what are the same reasons why we say twenty one that you can't drink? You're right. You know what that music's for? I'll tell you what it's for. Weighing in right now. I don't know if I believe this. Red, red, John. Is that a 407 number? Uh-uh, 480. Yeah, no, I don't think this is... I, I oh. haven't never had any conversations oh. with uh, the real Red John about 9-11, so I was oh. surprised to see that he might. Well, why would you say you're Red John when you're not Red John, you fake-ass Red John? Who, me? Yeah, you're Fugazi. Oh, I never said, it. Oh, I never said I was Red John. I just said I was John. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, apparently, there's a communication breakdown somewhere. My bad. What's up, John? I like the intro music. Well, I, you brought up a, a very interesting fact about Building 7. Um, that that came down like a couple of days later after the fact. Uh-huh. And uh, the way that came down was very interesting. And that's always been a pet peeve of mine about Building 7. I actually saw all that stuff in real time. Hmm. You know, the second building, the people jumping out of the building, you know, the windows and everything. Right. And uh, Building 7 housed a lot of, um, I believe, CIA information and FBI uh, um, information. And all of a sudden that building just came down. And if you looked at that, it looked exactly like a demolition building coming down, like periodic explosions where they should be. And then it just fell, which theoretically it shouldn't have. There wasn't enough heat to bring that down the way it did. And second thought is the Pentagon. With all the cameras that were posted all over there, they got one little fuzzy picture from a gas station across the street of something <laughs> coming in. Yeah. And and it didn't look like an airplane to me. And then that that. Built um, the crater that that made yeah. is not consistent of an airplane, and there was no airplane parts. There was no engines, no wheels, no substructures, no nothing. Your dad's got and, some good points here. John. I know, I know. I've, I've never heard the side of him. And on the same token, you looked at the World Trade Center. That uh, massive fuel, you know, yeah. air, aircraft fuel is very, very, very hot, and that oh. burned and came down. Yeah. You look at the Pentagon building. Yeah. There were computers and there were maps and there were stands still intact right next to the hole. Like, if you see the actual hole, you see a computer still still on the table and, like, a globe, uh, like a world globe still sitting there intact. Like, there was no massive firebomb. Right. And uh, what do you what do you make of that? There, I don't you know. know. Kind of... Yeah, these are good questions to ask. Hey, what percentage of Americans do you think have a globe in their house in 2021 as opposed to, like, 1981? I wish more because I love a globe. If, a, when a I'm in nice the presence big, of a globe, too. I can look at that thing all day because it, it almost doesn't... Like, I can't wrap my head around it. I'm like, okay, so this is really what it's like. And I just find myself just spinning it, looking at it, finding spots. 
Like a big ass globe with a wooden axis oh, on it, yeah. where like uh, you know you, you could see all the detailed countries. Yeah, I love globes. One thing I actually really, really wanted to get in Sky Mall, uh, you can see they got the big globe and it's got the bar set inside with the decanter and oh! everything. That's that's the good stuff. That was accidental. I did I did not mean to play that. Well, that felt right too. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. what, what I meant to play was Homer looking at a globe. <laughs> Look at oh. this country. You are gay. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite Simpsons clips. Uh, can can I say something that I'm so sorry I haven't brought? I don't even know if yeah. that's the time. Yeah, but it just came to my mind. Of course, mind. it's the time. Um, I hate to say, I hate to drop this on you mid-show. Um, I found out last night through some close sources that um, Violent J has a heart problem and that they're going to be do ICP is going to be doing a farewell tour. He's Violent J has has a, a atrial fibulitis. I don't know if I said that right. Fibulosis. So, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that mid-show without prepping you on it. To, do you think there's going to be another gathering? Um, I do believe they're going to try to keep up the big events yearly, but but they do believe um, that that this will be the last tour, and he is suffering from uh, heart failure. Heart failure. <laughs> Look at this country. You are gay. <laughs> He was getting winded walking to the mailbox. Uh, in a Who quote, doesn't? in a quote, he said, "Then I'd walk up to my mailbox and I'd be like, oh, f, I've got to take a break. What the f is my problem? Maybe get one of those mailboxes that are right outside your front door. There, uh, Violent J. Thoughts and purse. Seven two seven five seven nine one zero two five. Sorry about that. What's up, Scott? How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. What's up? Well, I wanted to talk about uh, Chicago and their gun laws as far as New York and all that. I'm a yeah. uh, police officer for 35 years, just retired. Thank last you. And I've taught concealed weapons classes uh, to citizens uh, in the central Florida area. Nice. Um, we make it a point to discuss this. Uh-huh. I don't know how many of you have your concealed weapons permits and how many you carry. It doesn't matter because oh. if you carry, it's nobody's business but yours. Yeah. Damn right. You know, it's for your I'm trying you to take it, buddy. Friends. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So yeah. My, my concern is Chicago and New York have some of the strictest gun laws in the entire country. That is true. If not the world, yet they have the highest homicide rate of any place in the free world in most countries. How is that possible? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's possible you have the strictest gun laws and the most rampant gun well, violence. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and it kind of, and maybe, sir, you can you know lend some insight on this. We, we talk about how it's the people, not the gun. So are we to believe that somehow pushing back on the gun wants people to have them more? And how does that translate to the psyche of a person who will fire a gun at another person? So if we're going to say it's not the gun, it's the person... I don't know how you justify those situations where the strict gun laws have more people dying at the hands of guns. Right. You're absolutely correct. But here, here's the, here it is, as simple as it can be made. Oh. If I'm a felon and I'm selling Coke or crack or whatever, and somebody rips me for a key of Coke, who do I call? I sure can't call 911. No, you can't. So the protection I have is myself and my gun. So that means that people that have guns, in this case, mostly are felons to begin with. Yeah, yeah, and they don't give a happy crap about your gun laws uh-uh. or anybody else's gun laws because yeah. it's un- unfortunately it's you, a jungle situation. Yeah, you know, yeah. okay, Whoa, okay. Thank, Jeez, you. thank you. I hope that guy's not trying to be a host of Jeopardy anytime soon. Thank you and good day. Seven two seven five seven nine one zero two five. I just have to ask: Are you the same Brennan that called in the first segment of the show? No, no, I'm not. 
Thank you. Appreciate that. I, you know, I hate to admonish people on the radio, John, but we, we like to hear from people once per show, if that. What's up, Brennan? <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, calling about uh, the 9-11. Yeah, Spike Lee, uh, just to reset, Spike Lee has a documentary coming out, and uh, in doing some press for it with the New York Times, he says he believes some of the 9-11 conspiracy theories. He's got questions. Is it okay or not okay while you're releasing a very touching tribute to New York to raise questions about our government's role in 9-11? Um, I think it's always appropriate. I don't think that there's any hands off, um, especially I think when I uh, called one of the things I would encourage listeners to look into something was called Operation Northwoods. Now, it was proposed in 1962. It was approved by the DOD, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the then uh, CIA director and acting director in the Central Intelligence Agency. And that plan was a approved false flag attack um, to fly commercial planes into uh, high towers and cause enough devastation and in another attack sim- uh, simultaneously to fly a plane into the Pentagon. Oh. That idea was, p- was posed and approved and was shot down by Kennedy. Oh. Um, that was going to be used as the pretext to approve the Bay of Pigs uh, and the, the war with uh, Cuba. Oh. So that exact same planning was on the table that, that, that uh, that script was dusted off and, and, and sounds eerily similar to what took place. It definitely does. Um, I, yep. So I would, I would definitely look at that right. uh, as, a, as an interesting, um, I wouldn't even call it a coincidence. So yeah. it's Thank a, you. Thank you well, very much. The other thing is, is, is it people's belief of evil and who's evil? We've been ta- people have been talking so much these past few weeks about George W. Bush. Right. And, and the fact that he was the one that really got us entrenched in this 20-year war uh, that, that at the end of the day, what was actually accomplished? Did we stop some terrorist attacks? Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. And then you start wondering, why did we get into that war? And who benefited from that war? And when you look at the the Dick Cheney's of the world and Halliburton and everything that comes along with it, and who really put money in their pockets based on the wars that came from 9-11, if you allow yourself to believe that our leaders can be that evil, oh, which... Where does it stop? For the most, you know, for the most part, people believe that. You know, and so... It seems like it could have been. That's scary because when you look at today and what's going on right now with COVID and the vaccines and whatnot, it's pretty scary to think that our government could conceivably pull over the the wool over the. Well, and it's insane to think, and I can't even wrap my head around that happening. I'm right. just saying, I think generally people, a lot of people, believe George W. Bush got us into war and did a bunch of things for the wrong reasons. How wrong are those reasons, though? And once you start going down that rabbit hole, you find yourself wondering, what did we gain there? What were we doing there and why were we there? And it all starts with 9-11. Joey? Well, I mean, he was kind of onto something with that CIA stuff because wasn't uh, Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden were CIA operatives. They were trained by our government in order to perform operations yeah, dude, and they were going through training classes. Uh, the Saudis uh, were yeah. going through training classes at Embry-Riddle and Daytona Beach. That didn't raise any flags. That's what, when you start hearing the stories, and it's also hard to figure out what exactly is real, but also the training exercises that they say the military were going through at the time yeah. that maybe people didn't understand what was training and what was real. Those those weird details, uh, you know, will just... 
did did George W. Bush plan 9-11? Probably not. Right. But did he know more and did people know more than than maybe we would like to think they did? I don't think that's so far-fetched. And did they use it as an excuse to go after Iraq rather than looking at the Saudi connection? 727-579-1025 and 800-771-1025. I just find it, if Spike Lee's putting together a poignant tribute to the New, the, the New York resiliency and the first responders who passed, I could see where it could come off extremely disrespectful to the people who he was talking to who lost their their friends and family members. Well, it, it also sounds like he's interviewing people that, that ha- are experts in their field. You True. know, if we're calling these uh, architects experts, I mean, if you're... What do you gain if you're an architect and you've been an architect your whole life and now you want people to know that what happened on that day yeah. wasn't humanly possible? What are you gaining? Do you can you really just lock in a life of speaking at 9/11 conspiracy conventions? <laughs> I feel like just continuing to be an architect would be more of a lucrative future than dedicating your life to telling people that 9/11 was an inside job. That's a good point. Hi Chris, welcome to Drew Garabo Live. How you doing, Drew? Real well, thank you. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Um, so my wife is actually a 9-11 widow. Um, her husband at the time was on Flight 77. Oof. So the conspiracy theory that this was something other than a plane hitting the Pentagon is complete BS. Otherwise, um, 9-11 and questioning authority, I don't disagree with. I don't disagree with wanting all the facts, but I also have friends and also um, my wife's business partner was on the plane that hit the 92nd floor. Oh, so, Jesus. you know, it's it's not something that I take lightly, and I actually get quite heated and, and a little bit uppity, uppity when I hear people saying that it was something other than a plane that hit the Pentagon because uh, my wife and her two children are the victims more than anybody else in this. And I can understand, given your personal perspective, why you feel that way. I I would just ask you to think about our government and how distrustful uh, people can be regarding authority and understand that I don't think it comes from a place of malice. It comes from a place of questioning authority that might not always tell the truth to the American people. Understood, but I also can... can, uh see this as somebody who says Sandy Hook was a conspiracy and that nobody died there, you know, by saying that it's not a plane that hit hit the Pentagon, but a missile, you're, you're saying that all those people who were on flight 77 didn't perish. Right on. I would disagree with that. Thanks, man. I'm sorry about your loss. And uh, thank you. Well, that, I mean, it it is hard. I understand what he's saying, but it's also really hard to compare the scope. I mean, the Sandy, I mean, Sandy Hook was in a very specific town in a one specific place yeah. where those people lost loved ones and their children. So to try and compare that to such a wide scale thing that spanned over so much space and time and there was such destruction, I think it's, it, things do get lost in the shuffle with something that's just so, so big. Brian, what's up? Welcome to Drew Grabo Live. Hi, Brian. Hi, uh, Brian. Yep. What's up, Brian? Oh. Hey, so, you know, I want to make a comment on the whole 9-11 situation. Sure. You know, everyone has their theories on what happened. Um, I actually, I served for a short time in the Marine Corps before uh, before all this happened. Uh, no, no problem. Um, I enjoyed serving my country, but I'll say I was a little ashamed of how things went down and how um, how, how things happened because I, there's just no way you're ever going to get me to believe with the level of intelligence and people that we have in place that, we can find someone that's bombing a park somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like in New York City. Someone's going to bomb, you know, a little 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 place of uh, where a lot of people are going to be at. But yet we have no intelligence on an attack of that scale, which we knew was going to happen sooner or later. So 
they just had the, the trade centers once before, obviously, and they were going to do it again because they didn't get done the first time what they wanted to do. And I just, there's no way you're going to get me to believe with all the things that have come out that just don't jive. I mean, if you look at, um, I don't know if you've seen the video where in the background they have the, they have the news reporter inside a building somewhere reporting about how the uh, Tower 7 had fallen, which was the, I believe, the FBI building. Yeah. And in the background, the building's there, and it falls mid, midwhile while she's talking about it on the news report. It falls in the background. So she was reporting on that before the building even ever fell. And that's an FBI building, huh. which pretty much really wasn't that, even that close to where the buildings actually fell. Like that's the main building. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's just tough because so much of any time you have time for, for more conspiracies to build up, right. I think – there are some that are so insane that it makes any other questioning fall into that same category of, of, of insanity. <laughs> and the more time passes, the more theories you've got and the more not detached we are, but the distant emotion of that day, you know, like a 30 year old today was, was what? 10 when nine 11 happened. Yeah. Jeez. It, it is, uh, it is just crazy. And, and, and I mean, he talks about knowing supposedly, George Bush had on his on his desk a binder that said that the terrorists wanted to use planes to, to crash into skyscrapers yeah. in the United States and and, and it, whether it wasn't taken seriously was overlooked for a reason that's if you want to my personal opinion on the most likely is that they knew people in the higher powers knew that a, that a war would benefit them and benefit others and and that whole system would would pay off so they let things go by they shouldn't have gone by and it maybe it was bigger than anybody would have ever imagined yeah but i think that there were probably things in place that could have stopped it and didn't hang tight we're going to come back we'll take your calls on this we'll do give dick a rest and you'll find out how mickey mouse put his nizzuts all over ronnie d's forehead oh, no. you're listening to drew garabo live on 102.5 the Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.